The following audio is from Maranatha Chapel, located in San Diego, California. For more information about Maranatha Chapel, please visit www.maranathachapel.org. Church, welcome to our Wednesday night revive service. Yes, it's Wednesday. I know you're probably wondering, what day is it? It reminds me of that time between Christmas and New Year's where you kind of lose track of time, but... Thank you for joining with us tonight online in our Wednesday Revive service. Some of you are joining us for the very first time, and, and we're excited. In fact, I, I happened to catch a, an article by TMZ, and no, I don't frequent TMZ, um, but TMZ had this article, this headline that said, millions at this time are tuning in to church online. More than any other time in history, there are people who are forced to be at home, and we are wrestling with the most important questions. Why am I here? What is going on? Is there a God? Is there a way out of this? And literally millions are joining us. And so for our Revive Maranatha family, welcome. If you're joining us for the first time, welcome to the service. Uh, Church family, I wanna encourage you. What I've discovered right now for some of us, it is the easiest time I think ever to invite somebody to church. In fact, just yesterday, I was emailing somebody with, with my mortgage company dealing with something and, and people are personal right now. They're just, he opened up and he shared a little bit what was going on at their work and, and I was able to share back and I said, hey, I'm a pastor. We're doing church online. I don't know if you have a church or not or if you're interested, but here's a link to our church services. He emailed me back right away and was legitimately thankful. So I want to encourage you guys out there right now. I'm telling you, it is one of the easiest times to quote unquote, invite somebody to attend church. I'm sure like you, like myself, what I've discovered during this time is how important the word of God is. And so if you have your Bible, turn with me to the book of Psalms, Psalms 103. And for the next several weeks, Pastor Daniel and I are going to be, we take, we're taking a break from our study through the book of Jonah. And during this time, God has led us to look at the Psalms because the Psalms, they have a way of speaking to us like no other parts of the Bible seem to do, particularly in these times. They, they allow us to express our emotions. They, they provide a connection to the Lord. And so we're titling this heart cries. And we just believe so much that God has a way to, to teach us, to instruct us, to move us from a place wherever we might be at to a place of hope and faith. So Psalm 103, if you have your physical Bible there on your couch, uh, if you've got your device there in your hand, you can scroll over or close it down and then open up uh, the other screen in a little device there, uh, app with your online Bible. But pick up with me in verse one of Psalm 103. And, and this has been one of my absolute favorite Psalms recently. In fact, it was a friend of mine just a couple of weeks ago, somebody I look up to and, and just sent it as an act he texted this to me before all this happened. He said, Sean, I really feel like you need to pray this and declare this over the church. And I had no idea at the time how important this psalm would be. Well, you'll see why in just a second. David writes this, verse one, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all, all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits who forgives all your iniquity, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit, who crowns you with steadfast love and mercy, who satisfies you with good so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. The Lord works righteousness and justice for all who are oppressed. He made known his ways to Moses and his acts to the people of God. 
The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. Oh, we need to remember that. He will not always chide, nor will he keep his anger forever. He does not deal with us according to our sins, nor repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his steadfast love toward those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far does he remove our transgressions from us. And as a father, as a father shows compassion to his children, so the Lord shows compassion to those who fear him. Verse 14, for he knows our frame. He remembers that we are dust. As for man, his days are like grass. He flourishes like a flower of the field for the wind passes over it and it is gone and its place knows it no more. But the steadfast love of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting on those who fear him and his righteousness to children's children. To those who keep his covenant and remember to do his commandments, the Lord has established his throne in the heavens and his kingdom rules over all. Verse 20, bless the Lord, O you, his angels, you mighty ones who do his word, obeying the voice of his word. Bless the Lord, all his hosts, his ministers who do his will. Bless the Lord, all his works and all his places of his dominion. Bless the Lord, O my so let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for this night. I thank you for your church that is gathered together around your feet, around your throne to hear from you. And Holy Spirit, I pray you would give us ears to hear. We need comfort and we also need to be challenged in the midst of this time. And your word provides that. And we pray, Holy Spirit, you would do that tonight, God, as we listen in as we open up ourselves to all that you have, we thank you, bless this time in Jesus' name, amen. I wonder right now how you are feeling. In this moment, how are you feeling? I wonder how were you feeling an hour ago, two hours ago, yesterday, uh, last week? I wonder how you're going to be feeling tomorrow. The reason I ask that is because I have been feeling every single emotion, it seems, the last couple of weeks. There's been times of, of great courage, calm and confidence. There's been times of confusion and uncertainty. There's been times of anger, like what in the world are people doing? And, and I'll be honest, there's been times when fear has kind of wanted to worm its way in. I've been kind of all over the map and it depends on what the headline says. It depends on what some text a friend tells me. It depends on what the S&P is doing. All kinds of things have been pushing in and around myself and I'm sure like you, and it's causing you to experience all these kind of cycles of emotion. In fact, somebody said this, I don't know who it was, but it seems like every 24 hours of news cycle, I feel like I'm aging two weeks. It's like, okay, I've got through this day. And it feels like, oh my goodness, that was only yesterday. It feels like weeks ago. And I wonder, how are you processing? How are you going through this? I wonder, there's a lot of people and they're simply, let me be honest, they're wasting this time. And the reality is that you and I, we can go through all this and we can waste it simply trying to get through it. If I'm only trying to get through whatever we think the next week or two weeks or three weeks might be, and a lot of people are simply just distracting themselves. What's your response going to be two years, three years, five years from now when somebody asks you, what happened in your life during the coronavirus pandemic? What happened in your life when the world seemed to shut down and go on hold in this fourth Sabbath? Are you gonna respond and shame? Well, 
I spent hours on TikTok. I, I mindlessly just spent time watching YouTube clips over and over. I got through seven seasons of the great bake-off on Netflix. I mean, is that going to be your response? Or like the Bible encourages us and exhorts us to do, church, we can and should and must redeem the time. We have an opportunity during this time to say, Lord, what do you want to show me? Things are being stripped away. I'm forced to stop and evaluate. And this is an opportunity to learn to really pray. You've been asking the Lord for what? Lord, I, I need to pray more. Listen, this is the time God is saying, I'm putting you in the school, uh, my school of prayer. This is a time to begin to read the word like perhaps you've never read, to memorize the scriptures, to begin to serve, to get involved in ways that you never really dedicated yourself to before, but now is the time. So how do we redeem the time? Where do you begin? Do you have a place, a method, a strategy? Listen, a spiritual discipline for handling all of the emotions because there's a lot of things that are coming at us right now. Do you have a way to move forward? Are you able to push forward in faith and find a way to connect to the Lord and rise above the fear and anxiety? Or are you simply going to be a victim of whatever the S&P says, whatever email comes from your HR director, or every time somebody coughs and sneezes, you're like, oh, you know, it's like, or is there gonna be a way that you have peace and confidence and calm? Let me tell you, there is a way. The Bible gives that to us. And David in the Psalms tonight, he reveals to us a strategy and I love the Psalms because the Psalms give us all kinds of examples, literally, and I'm not exaggerating, the book of Psalms records and lists out for us every single human emotion. Think about an emotion we might go through and you will find an example in the book of Psalms. Loneliness, it's there. Fear, it's there. Anxiety, it's there. Joy, it is there. And many of them were penned by David, but not David alone. And what you'll discover in the book of Psalms is you find not simply, listen, not a textbook. It's not just a textbook on uh, how to get through, but it's more of a case book. Listen, the book of Psalms are real people recording for us their real prayers. It is a, it's a song book. Oh, we worship to these, but it's also a prayer book. And like I said, it's a case book where it shows us how they got through these times. And I mentioned Psalm 103 has always been one of my favorites. It's one of my absolute favorites. It's my go-to. Along with Psalm 91, Pastor Ray prayed that over the church for us just about a week ago. And every day as a family, I pray as the dad, as the father in my home, Psalm 91, God's protection, his prescription for uh, divine immunity and deliverance and healing over our home. Well, Psalm 103 is also one that I would encourage you to know and to pray. I think it was one of David's favorites. It's a unique Psalm. It's unique in that most of the Psalms kind of give us a history, a background, a time period in David's life. But this is a Psalm where we don't really know when David wrote this. Most of the commentators think that David perhaps wrote this later on in life as a, as a mature believer, as a man who had walked through a lot. And what David gives to us is the, the method, the spiritual discipline, how he would pray, no matter what was coming, he found a way to connect, connect to God. No matter where he started, if we follow the path, the, the journey, the steps that David lists out for us, we're going to end at the place that David was able to end at. We're going to be able to find a way to redeem the time and to rise above and to really have that, that peace, that calm, that confidence that God has for us. 
Listen, the outline today is very simple and I really want this to be more just straightforward and encouragement. But the the Psalm basically reminds us of a few things and the three points are this, why we need to remember, where we need to remember, and finally, we're gonna practically kind of walk through a little bit how we can remember at this time. Pick up with me again, if you have your Bibles, verse one and two, I want you to see really the foundation and the pivotal point of this whole Psalm. David says, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. So our soul is everything within us, our mind, our will, emotions. My wife always does this and she teaches our kid, where's your soul? Put your hand on your head and your hand on your heart. This is our, our soul. So maybe do that right now, wherever you're at. Parents, tell your kids, this is our soul. It's everything that is within us. We're body, we're soul, and, and we are spirit. David says, everything within me, bless the Lord. He goes on in verse two, bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Now here's the key. David's gonna give us the strategy, what it means to bless the Lord. And right away, there's something powerful I hope you realize that we can give to the Lord right now. As much as we need the Lord, there's something that you and I can give to the Lord that we can bless him. David says, and what he's asking, what he's desiring is a way for his soul to bring blessing to the Lord. The word blessing here in the Hebrew means to confer or to to bring happiness. Psalm 1, we talk about blessed is the man. Oh, how happy is the man? Well, David's using the exact same word and saying, I want my soul to be able to bless the Lord. Well, we see here in this repetition in verse one and two, he repeats himself, but he, he puts the verse there at the end of verse two, the, the real key to, to how we can bless the Lord. And when I state it to you, it's almost going to seem anticlimactic, but it is so powerful. Two times he says, bless the Lord, O my soul. And then he says, what? Do not forget his benefits. Do not forget his blessings. So how can we bless the Lord with all of our soul? By not forgetting. And like I said, I know when when you first read that, you're like, oh, that's okay. Yeah, I get that. But I don't think we really get it. The the whole key is to remember. And the reason why I think it feels so weak to us is because our English word remember doesn't really correspond to what the Bible talks about remembering. We're really good at recalling. We can list the facts. But biblical remembrance, to not forget, is different than simply recalling. During this time period, we are being flooded with all kinds of messages. And as believers, our hearts are revealing the parts where we're simply recalling because we know about God. Listen, we know the scriptures, but every time we respond in fear and anxiety, it's kind of letting us know I'm recalling, but I'm really not remembering. Somehow, some way, if there's fear, if there's worry, I'm not really remembering. I'm forgetting God's benefits somehow, some way in my soul. Recalling is just simply being able to answer the Sunday school pop quiz. (laughs) Uh, Recalling is able to give the facts and the details. Listen, biblical remembrance is a whole lot more than that. And that's why God is always, if you've studied the Bible for any length of time, if you've read through the Bible, you'll find there's something that comes up over and over again. And that is God telling us, remember. He directs us, he commands us. It's not a suggestion. In the Old Testament and the New Testament, God is saying, remember this, remember that. Don't forget this, do not forget that. When the children of Israel came into the promised land, when they crossed the river Jordan, God was 
he knew they would be tempted to forget. So he says, I want you to do something. Get a bunch of stones. In fact, 12 stones, one for each of the tribes and set up a memorial stone that you will remember that God parted the rivers of the Jordan River that God led you through the children of Israel. That would be a tangible reminder to remind you, not just to recall, but to remember all that God has done. To be able to pass on to your kids. In the New Testament, we read this. Paul says, for me to write the same things to you is not tedious, but it is safe. Paul says, I'm gonna repeat myself over and over because we have a tendency to forget. Peter says this, so I will remind you of these things, even though you know them and are firmly established in the truth that you now have. God says, remember the days of old. Remember the ways in which your Lord God led you. Remember and do all of my commandments. On and on and on. God is telling us this important principle. And church, I can't stress this enough. Right now, more than any other time, we need to not just simply recall, but to remember. And the reality, the sad thing, what, what bums me out personally, and I don't know if this is true for you, but so often the things I don't want to remember, I remember. <laughs> and the things I'm supposed to forget, I remember oftentimes. You know, I, I get it mixed up. I, I want to remember this and I can't really remember. And the stupid things in life. It's like, it's like this, the really horrible things that maybe have been spoken to me. Oh, I remember them very vividly. I don't just recall them, but I remember them. You know, a negative comment, a criticism, uh, something that shamefully I, I did in my past. I can remember those things, but scripture that I wanted to remember, key people, key events, oftentimes I was like, why, why can't I remember that? If there's this, this propensity. See, our, our memories are so important. They, they help shape us. And the Bible knows this because if we forget the past, if we forget what God has done, we will not have strength for today. If we forget his word, not just his word in, in the scriptures, but his word that has come alive in our life, if it's just a distant thing, if we're only recalling it, there's no strength for today. There's no guidance for tomorrow. We have to remember faith. Listen, faith, we need faith right now. Faith is built upon his faithfulness. And faith isn't just something we conjure up. It's not like, have more faith. Great. Where does it come from? Well, faith comes from the word of God and hearing, hearing the word of God, but it also comes from God's faithfulness in our life. And right now we are, like I've said, we are being inundated with thoughts and our minds are creating and recreating all kinds of horrible possible scenarios. This might happen. That might happen. I, I may not be able to make rent. I may not be able to make my car payment. I, I might get sick. Somebody I love might get sick. All sorts of maybe what is that? And it's like, God and his word is like being pushed to the periphery. We're, our emotions are revealing how we are prone to forget. All of our soul is not able to bless the Lord. That's why we need to remember. Listen, when the Bible describes remembering, it's just that idea. It's, it's to take a memory, a thought, but it's to recapture as much of it as possible. Some of you know what that's like. Some of you have a favorite memory. It could be a vacation, it could be a wedding, you know, a ceremony, it, it could be a, the birth of one of your kids, it could be some really great wave that you caught one time and you just remember. And at night, you know what that's like, you try to recapture it. You're sitting there and you're daydreaming and you don't just wanna recall it, you're trying to like remember the smells and the feeling. It's like you're trying to like bring that memory into your very present experience. 
That's what it means to biblically remember, to think through the implications, to ponder it, but to bring it into your very core of who you are, to let it kind of affect how you feel, affect your decisions. Let me give you an illustration to kind of give you an idea of what this word remember biblically is. And it kind of comes back to the original English usage of the word remember, which we don't really think about it. We, like I said, we tend to think recall. The opposite of the word remember. Let's break this down a little bit grammatically here. Follow along. Re is to mean to again in the word member. Well, what is a member? A member is a part of your body. One of your members, your digits, your arm is, it's a member of your body. Okay, a little further. What is the opposite to remember? It's to dismember. All right, I know a little gross, but to dismember means you're attaching or something's being removed. So to remember literally in the original was to take something and to reattach it. Something that's disconnected, dislocated, not really functioning, and to literally, to remember, to put it back in, to graft it back in. It's kind of weird, but gives us the idea, listen, of what it means to biblically remember. You're taking something that you know. You're taking something that you kind of have the information, but in prayer, and listen, this isn't just you. This is the Holy Spirit empowering. He's the one who leads and guides us into the truth, not just up to the truth, but into the truth, that we might experience the truth. You're making it a part of your soul and your body. It's coming to that place where it's so central. It engages you. It grabs you. It lifts you. It, listen, it, it, it melts your heart. It, it moves you. That's what David is talking about. We can only bless the Lord when we do not forget. And so when we remember, we're able to come to this place. So that's why it's so important. Now, where? Where do we remember? This is kind of a funny way to state this. What do you mean, where do we remember? Do you, do you remember in your home? Do you remember at church? No, it's a little more personal than that. David tells us where we are to remember. He says, where? In your soul. Where does this remembering need to take place? Where do we need to listen to recount and to work through all of that God has done? He says, in your soul. Our soul is the place right now that is being attacked. Your mind, your will, and emotions. That's where the enemy is always after. And it's in our soul where we need to have this uh, memory come alive. What is David doing here? Because what he says in verses one and two, it says, we, I, I need to bless God. How? By not forgetting. Well, verses three through the rest of the chapter is really David enumerating. He's listing out. He's, he's going point by point and working his way through everything that God has done. He's saying, don't forget his benefits. Here's his benefits. But listen, this is a prayer. It's a psalm. It's something we can sing. It's something we pray. But who is David talking to? Of course, there's a sense that the Holy Spirit is making sure that we all hear this. But David is talking to his soul. David's talking to himself. You think, that's kind of weird. It's not that weird. Listen, the Bible gives us countless examples of men and women talking with God and at times having to say, soul, listen up. This is not just done like a, a, an academic way, but this is done in the presence of God with the power of God and with God. But David is saying, soul, you're, you're not experiencing peace. Soul, you are forgetting some things of what God has done. Soul, you need to listen up. And so what David is doing, it's a prayer, 
but it's, it's like a sermon. It's a sermon prayer. He is, he's preaching. He's declaring. He, and by the power of the Spirit, he's lecturing, he's rationalizing, and he's pushing this truth into his soul with God and with the power of God's Spirit. At times right now, we're listening. Your heart, my heart, they're, they're speaking. Our hearts are speaking. They're revealing things. And we're not told to simply ignore those things. Listen, the, the book of Psalms gives expressions to all these emotions. It's not bad. It's only bad if we just kind of let our emotions run and dictate things. No, David shows this is what you do. You listen. And right now, right now, many of us have prayed for the last few years, Lord, search my heart. Guess what? That prayer's being answered. <laughs> we didn't know how it was going to be answered, but this is one of those times when God is answering those prayers. And my heart's being searched, it's being sifted, it's being exposed, it's being lifted. And there's some good things. I'm like, wow, Lord, I didn't know. Wow, you've done a good work. And there's also some things I didn't know that was in there. And so like David, we, we come and we go, oh, I, I'm, I'm not fully experiencing the truth of God. So we have to preach. We have to speak. Let me illustrate this. Again, it goes from recall to remembering. And I heard somebody say this, but... Picture yourself or picture a friend of yours sitting there in the room. And I know they're six feet away from you. We're socially distancing. But all of a sudden, your friend's reading a book. And you say to this friend, and you, as they're reading something, there's a spider crawling down their arm. And you're like, hey, Bob, you know, there's a spider crawling down your arm. And Bob's kind of locked into his book. And he says, what? He's like, Bob, there's a spider crawling down your arm. And Bob's like, oh, yeah, thanks. The spider's crawling down my arm. And all of a sudden, Bob... He's, he's sitting there, and then Bob goes, there's a spider crawling down my arm. And it's like, it goes, you know, that's like all of a sudden, you kind of, it's like kind of rattling around in your head, and all of a sudden it's like, there's a spider crawling down my arm. And it's like, and then there's a reaction. Well, it's happening. That truth, it was kind of just bouncing around there, all of a sudden gets into his innermost being, and he realizes, oh my goodness, there's a spider. Maybe to, let me drill this down a little bit more home for us. A few weeks ago, many of us were like, oh yeah, coronavirus. Oh yeah, that's in China. Oh, that's somewhere else. Oh, we're going to be fine. And, and so we, we all heard about it. Yeah, I need to wash my hands a little bit more. Don't touch my face, you know. Oh yeah, but, we're but as the days went by, it was kind of like coronavirus where it went from, oh yeah, to like, oh man. It went from something that we kind of just kind of knew about to where it has like affected us. It shaped us. It's kind of gotten down into our core and and if that's in there, oh man, how much more do we need the truth of who God is and his word to get down into our hearts and our lives? So David's prodding. He's urging. He's speaking. Bless the Lord. He's doing this in the presence of God. And can I, can I just be honest? I don't think David is being all that, you know, you know meek and mild either. Some of us, we go, oh, we, we can be meek and mild, but sometimes, can I just, can I just challenge you? There's times, and it might seem weird, but you kind of just have to go, soul, bless the Lord. David is, I think, getting a little bit aggressive. He's saying, listen. Listen to who God is. Listen to what his word has said. Sometimes we need to get a little bit more radical with the power of God's spirit in our own lives. This is a time that we can't just sit back and passively go, well, okay. But here's a time like David and others that say, Lord, I want to be different. 
soul do this. Don't listen to the talking heads on TV. Don't listen to the voices of the enemy in fear. No, soul, listen to what God is saying and what he is declaring. Listen, for some of you, man, you got to get a little John the Baptist with your soul. <laughs> some of you, you need to go like Billy Graham in his prime in his soul. Like maybe get in front of a mirror or something. I don't know. And speak to your soul. I know it sounds a little weird, but, but that's how serious this is. So David would say this, or the psalmist actually in Psalm 42, the psalmist declares, Korah, why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise him, my salvation and my God. It's not just David. We see this other places. The, same, the psalmist saying, soul, why are you cast down? Why are you depressed? Why are you fearful? Church, that's what we need to learn to do during this time. This is to yourself. This isn't being, you know, uh, arrogant and jerky to other people. What's the matter with you? No, no, no. This is David saying it to himself. This is how we preach to ourselves, again, in response to the spirit of God. Somebody well said years ago, I remember hearing this, most of our problems, listen, most of our problems come because we listen to our hearts rather than speak to our hearts. You know, Disney's advice is listen to your heart, follow your heart. You know, our heart can be good. It can lead us in good places. It can also lead us completely astray. Only listen to your heart if it's informed by God's spirit and by the scriptures. There are times that we need to speak to our hearts. And this is one of those times where we get into the word of God and in prayer, where we begin to like take that next step in, in maturity with God and saying, Lord, form, form me in a new way, fashion me in a new way. My heart's being searched, but Lord, do something. Uh, lead me in different paths. Lead me in different ways. And some of us, again, it's where do we need to remember in our soul? Finally, and I'll kind of end and lead us into a time of communion. And Pastor Daniel and Pastor Ray are going to come up and lead us in just a few moments. But how? How do we do this? We know it's important. We don't want to forget we know where we're supposed to do this into our souls, but practically, listen, and it's really practical. It's a way for us to kind of work through the Psalms and not just Psalm 103, but many of the others. And we can kind of just work our way through and read and pray and apply. In verses one through five, David makes it very personal. And in verses six through the rest of the chapter, he kind of talks about Israel in general and God's ways um, generally. But verses one through five, these are things that David had personally experienced. He shows us how to preach, how to pray. He reminds us of the things that we must not forget. 17 things that he lists out for us. And number one, he says this in verse three. Look with me, it says verse three. Forget not all his benefits. Verse three, first thing, who forgives all your iniquity. You see, it's not enough sometimes to simply go, God loves me, God loves, yes, that's enough. But sometimes that doesn't really move us. I mean, let's be honest, we know that. But when we start thinking, how, how does God love me? What has he done to show me his love? The first thing, he forgives. Right now, maybe some of you are struggling with guilt. In this time, in this season, you're being sidelined. You're, you're left with a lot of time to think and and some of the past has come up and you're feeling conviction. Listen, as a believer in Jesus, there's a way to know that your sins are forgiven. God's word declares David knew. And if anybody needed this assurance, it was David, right? 
If, there any, if there's anybody that needed to know and who could declare that God had done it, it was David. David doesn't say, God, you've forgiven me of most, of 90%. No, he says, God, you forgive all of my iniquities, every single sin. You need to know that. I need to know that. In those times when you feel it, there's times when, man, you can feel the, the guilt and the shame and the enemy can just weigh down. No, God's word says he forgives. A little bit later on, he, David talks about the kind of forgiveness that God gives to us. He says, as far as the east is from the west in verse 12. And I love this analogy because think about it. If you start walking north, you're, I don't know, I'm going up. We always want to go up with north. But you walk north, eventually you go up to the North Pole. You, start going, you keep going, you're going to start walking south. You'll run back into you know, your sins. But if you walk east to west, you keep going and you're always walking east. You never run into the west if you just keep going that way. And when God says, as far as the east is from the west, he's saying, I choose to never bring your sin up again. I have forgiven it and I choose to forget all about it. What's the next thing that David declares? And guys, listen, this is so important right now. He goes on in verse three, he says, God who heals, who heals all of your diseases. I am praying this, I am believing it. Listen, there, there's no qualifiers in this. I was reading some commentators and they were like, well, you can't apply it here and you can't apply it there. They're trying to make apologies for God. Listen, David, David offers no qualifiers. There's no apologies. It's simply a bold declaration of faith. This is who God is. He is the God who heals not some, not most, but he heals all of our diseases. Pray this, believe this. He heals our emotional diseases. Our, our mental diseases and our physical diseases. He heals it instantly, miraculously. He heals it through doctors and technologies, but ultimately it is God who heals. He will heal us ultimately one day when we are in his presence. But right now, maybe you're worried about being sick or getting sick or you're sick and you're, you're not sure you're going to get better. Listen, believe this, pray this. All of your soul, no, God, you are the one who heals all of my diseases. Don't qualify it, don't minimize it, don't try to go, well, it only applies to these people or these circumstances. Just simply take it, take God at his word. That's what David did. God, you heal all of my diseases, period. Bold, declarative statement. Own that right now. He goes on to say this, not only do you heal, verse four, he says, you redeem. You're the one who redeems my life from the pit. You wanna know how much God loves you? There's times when you remember, God, you saved me. You pulled me out of the miry clay, the mud and the junk. To say that you, you, when the Bible says God saved us from a pit, it's a reminder, it's a way of saying he saved us from hell. The pit, shield, death, ultimate separation. I know what I deserve and God has saved me from hell, an eternal destiny apart from him. And now I am saved, I have eternal life. Uh, years ago, I had a friend, he was an older guy and I always go, hey, Ricky, how's it going? He would always say this. How bad can it be? I'm going to heaven. Right now, God has redeemed us. To redeem means he has purchased, he has bought you, he wants you, he has chosen you. And he's redeemed you from something and to something. He's redeemed you from the pit and he's redeemed you to eternal life. He's redeemed you into his family. Listen, guys, during this time when we might be fearful of death or what may or may not come, no, he redeems your life from the pit. He sets your feet upon the rock. David goes on to say this. He says, who crowns you with steadfast love and mercy. To crown somebody was to place authority. To, to put a crown on somebody was to place honor. 
And maybe you're feeling dishonored right now. Maybe you're feeling weak right now. You feel helpless. There's no strength. God says, I am crowning you. I am putting my authority on you. Jesus said, all authority in heaven and earth, I give to you. You feel dishonored and disrespected of whatever's going on right now. God says, I put my crown. I am honoring you. And listen, what does he honor us with? It says here in the English, his steadfast love. It's the Hebrew word chesed. Now let's practice our Hebrew. Chesed. And we're not supposed to do that right now. We're, no. Chesed. It's the Greek New Testament equivalent of the word agape. His unconditional, his faithful, steadfast. One, one person defined it this way. It's my favorite definition. It's God's loyal love. His love is loyal. It is consistent. It is persistent. And God says, I crown you with that. We're all talking about corona, coronavirus. The word corona means a crown. And we're all, ah, I don't want to get this corona. Listen, God has a crown for us. He has a crown for you and me. It's a crown of his steadfast love. Listen, guys, this is a way that we can work through in prayer. This is a way we speak to our souls and come to a place where we can bless the Lord. Finally ends up with a place, and I'll just end here, and you can work your way through the rest of the psalm on your own. But he says, God, you're the one who satisfies you're worried, you're feeling empty. Listen, God is the one who satisfies. He satisfies us with good so that your youth is renewed like the eagle. Some of you feel like, man, my life force is being drained right now. Like I mentioned earlier, every 24-hour news cycle feels like two weeks of your life just went out the door. Listen, David probably felt that way at times, and that's why he says here, God, you are the one who satisfies me. You are the one who renews my youth. Listen, we can pray this. This is a list that David put together. We can pray this, but I would encourage you, make your own list. This might be a time to pull out some of those old prayer journals. This might be a time to actually start a prayer journal and write the things that God has done in your life and remember them. Remember his benefits and not simply recall them, but remember them. Parents, as you are building an altar of prayer, as you are pastoring and shepherding and discipling and training up your kids like God designed for you to do. Walk your kids in prayer through this list like you're going to do. Spend time as a family simply praising and thanking God for all that he has done. Listen, bless Lord all my soul and all that is within me. How by not forgetting? Know this, God never forgets you and me. I could think of Dozens and dozens of scriptures. Let me just share a couple with you. Psalm 139, 17 says this. How precious, how precious are your thoughts to me, O God. How great is the sum of them. If I could count them, they would be more in number than the sand. When I awake, I am still with you. Isaiah 49, 15 says this. God declares, can a mother forget the baby at her breast and have no compassion on the child she has born? Though she may forget, God says, I will not forget. I will never forget. God is thinking about you 24-7. In this time of having to be at home, self-isolation, the Lord is with you and he is constantly thinking of you. He wants to meet with you. He's saying, redeem the time. I've laid out, you know, by my spirit through, through my servant David, this psalm and many others to teach you how to pray, to walk you through a place, a path that leads you from a place of doubt and fear and anxiety to a place of great joy. Listen, 
Listen to how this ends. And we're going to end now here and get ready for communion. But this is how it ends. David starts with just talking to himself. But when you pray with the Lord, when you pray through this, you come to a place, what we find here in verse 20. It, it, you can't just contain it. It's like you go from internal to external. All of a sudden, you're, you're ready to like shout and praise the Lord because all of a sudden, man, your heart's been set on fire. David goes on. He's not just simply talking to his soul. Verse 20, bless the Lord, you his angels. Bless the Lord, all his hosts, all that is in heaven. Bless the Lord, all his works. And finally, again, Bless the Lord, oh my soul. I think the first verse is, ah, bless the Lord, oh my soul, to finally, it's easy. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. Thank you for listening to this podcast from Maranatha Chapel. If you haven't already, please subscribe for weekly messages. Feel free to share this podcast and join us for our midweek revive service held Wednesday evenings. Visit our website at www.maranathachapel.org for more information.